This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, there's possibility that the monsoons will continue in Colorado this afternoon. That's what they're threatening with us. But we're not going to talk about monsoons unless you want to rain with ideas of what to do with maybe ebooks, maybe converting it, maybe working with Kindle, or how about looking at something called Inkling. Also, we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do with some of the old inventory you have, like in, what happens if your cover is reached its expiration date. What, what do you do? And how about some of the key tips of working with a designer to maybe goose up that old cover, as well as some of the other things that you do. So on Author You, your guide to book publishing today, joining me will be Rebecca Finkel, who is owner of F&P Graphic Design, and she specializes in a, a variety of projects, integrating text, photos, graphics to create a unique look. She loves finding solutions to complex design projects. I love throwing something at, at her and just watch her noodle a little bit and say, well, have you thought about doing it this way? In addition to books, Rebecca creates ebooks, calendars, catalogs, logos, brochures, and all kinds of marketing collateral, which we all need as we brand ourselves and go forward. So from the initial concept to the printed product, F&P Graphic Design, We'll see a project through on deadline and on budget. So, if you're thinking about ebooks, one of the great things is working with a designer. They can also help you with that conversion. And Rebecca works with Kindle, Nook, and the brand new baby, the interactive inkling book, which I think will be kind of fun to get into. But with that, hi Rebecca, how are you today? Hi Judith, I'm fine. Thank you very much for having, you on, having me on your show. Well, I, it's it's actually I learned too, which I love to do. <laughs> Although, although you and I have worked on a variety of projects that we're thinking never again. But at that, we won't go down that. Nope. Another <laughs> that, day. Another topic. Another day. Yeah. Yeah. We sometimes have books that we refer to as the dreaded fill-in-the-blank book. But um, there, there are also a lot of books that are extraordinarily fun. And uh, I think one book Rebecca and I are working on right now is, is called Heart of Fire, which is a remarkable, remarkable story. It's, it's, it's uh, Lisa Cartelli's book, and she is a little girl at nine years age. She was playing hide-and-seek in her grandma's basement, and the whole house blew up, and there was uh, gas leaking, and she was at the core of it, and her journey is just amazing. So Rebecca and I have had, a, it was a, it's been a pleasure working on it, and we're it, like within hours of saying, Goodbye, it's almost done, so that's exciting. All right, Rebecca, let's talk about, where should we start? Um, so many times authors think that they should start with an ebook. Um, maybe, maybe, or maybe they do a print and do a simultaneous publishing of an ebook. But why don't we go ahead and talk about, let's say we do have a, a, the book book, 
And what does it tail to do a conversion to, let's start with Kindle right off the top. And, you know, is it a good idea? Um, should we do it without not printing the book at all? And what about, you know, who, let's talk about some of the other players. And I know we've had um, uh, Mark Coker on for Smashworks. We had a couple of great shows with him um, on, on the radio here. But what about some of these other options that are out here that you're working with? Okay, let's let's boil that down. Let's take it one step at a time. It's a big topic. Um, you know, there's definitely questions and situations between do you want to have a Kindle or do you want to have a print and a Kindle? Um, I don't have any magic wand that I can wave and say, oh, this book should only go Kindle or this book should only go print. It kind of depends on how much you're willing to put into the book. Because a print book, you're going to have an inventory. You're going to need to move the inventory. Shipping it, dis- distributing it, paying somebody to do those things or whatever. But it also is that book in hand. You can take it places. You can show it. You can sell it in the back of the room. You can give talking experiences and keynotes and have an actual book. So there's pluses and minuses, and it depends on – you and your topic and your availability and, and so many different factors. Um, but it, converting a book to Kindle is an easy, easy step, and it, and it opens your market. You know, it might double your market share. It might double who who is a book is available to. Many people I have found are moving over and more and more to electronic books, to the Kindle, to the Nook, to the Sony Reader. Um, I think the biggest downside to the Kindle is that it's, it's simple running text. If you have tricky formatting, if you have pull quotes in gray boxes, if you have tricky artwork throughout, really the Kindle is simple. Charts essentially are, can be problematic. Photography can be problematic. Um, I think all of these can be worked around. I don't think anything is, is not doable on the Kindle. We just have to be flexible with the idea. The Kindle is great for running text, just running text and simple formatting. Um, you know, Kindle is, I always say Kindle first because Kindle was their, the first uh, electronic publishing device available. And so a lot of things default to a Kindle, although there's no reason why I can't go to a Nook or a Sony Reader. Those are equally as, as popular. And the same idea, running text, some of the graphics are a little bit, problematic and just needs to have a, an idea and a workaround. Um, your printed book is always going to be your best and nicest and highest quality product, but a lot of times you're just thinking, I need to get this idea across. I just want to, you know, I want this to be available to somebody in a far-off place and, and, and whenever they need it, and, and that's the answer. Um, so uh, another branch of a Kindle book is an interactive uh, Google Inkling. There's two programs out there, one from Apple and one from Google, Google Inkling and Apple iBooks, that make a more interactive book. Um, So short animated sequences or a video included or a link to a website. I mean, if you take my – well, how I explain this is if you take a cookbook and the cook is sitting there saying, look at this photograph, and you can tell by this photograph that the chocolate is overdone. And if you look at this photograph, you can just tell by the photograph that the chocolate is underdone. I am not a cook, and I look at those and I go, I can't tell the difference. But you could see interspersing a quick video clip, maybe five seconds, of it in the author saying, and this chocolate's overdone, drip, 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 and you can see the way it drips or how it reacts. And this chocolate is underdone, you can see the way it reacts and, and it, so the, or the sauce or whatever it is. You could actually get this more interactive idea across. Um, and so that's what Google Inkling does and iBooks. They're becoming much more interactive much more, it's still a book, it's not a video, but it's uh, uh, a little bit more, it adds a little bit more bells and whistles. 
Okay, so let's let's talk about this because I, I don't think a lot of people really know what inkling is and how they go about finding it and what it takes to um, to do that conversion and does it make sense to do that in addition to a a, a standard text running ebook? So I mean, those are all I threw a bunch of questions at you. So both Google and iBooks have an inkling format, or is that a branded name? Help me out. Google Inkling is, I think, a branded name. And for Apple, it's called Apple iBooks. I think Apple iBooks was always a pet project of Steve Jobs, and he really pushed it along. But since he has passed away, nobody's really there to push it. And so the software has kind of floundered a bit. It hasn't been picked up in about a year. It's not like it's never going to be picked up. It's just it's taking him a while to get to all of Steve Jobs' projects. I can, I can understand that. But it's the same. So there's two, and there's essentially you go to Apple iBooks, do a Google search for it or, or whatever, and you'll find it. it's a free software download. And essentially it's like a game, like anything else. You can have the books that you want, but it looks a little bit different. So you're saying that you would go and go after uh, Google, Apple, iBooks, for example, and you would pull down the software and the author would do this himself or they would have someone else who would do it for them? Generally, I, uh, Apple iBooks is software that you would download to your system and you would then produce it or you would pay somebody to produce it. But there's not, you know, it's, uh, it's relatively easy software to use. Um, a lot of it is logistically what links to what, you know, as you go through is you have a chapter one in the title co table of contents, actually refer to type chapter one in the book, linking and things like that. Um, that's the same with a Kindle. You'd, ha you'd need to do the linking with that as well. Google Inkling is another, go to Google Inkling and they have free software. You, you download it to your system and you build this file. Essentially, all of these files are kept in the cloud. So you have, so they can, you know, it's, um, like everything else, it's kept in the cloud, so it can be kept current. You can work anywhere. Um, you load things into the cloud, and then it's it's used when people download the download the book. Um, I just did uh, for, just for kicks. Uh, Judith has, Bryles has just put out her, or I think about a year ago, she put out her snappy, sassy, salty book. And for kicks, just this summer, early summer, we put it, we released it as a Kindle book and as an Inkling book, just to see what it could do, just to see where it could go. I mean, Inkling books are going to be is 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 an idea that we people are are known and they were going to search for it, but the inkling to see who finds it, who picks it up, where can it be marketed, how far can it go? It's just it's a new market and it's just interesting to see it grow. And so they would buy the inkling. <laughs> well, they buy the inkling book. You go and and you go to a like an iBook or a. You could buy it through Google Inkling. Essentially, it's almost the same thing as buying a book on a Kindle. There's a either you have an account and they charge your account, and then they, you download the the book to your. Um, the, the good thing about Google Inkling is it can go. The same file can go to your phone, can go to your tablet, can go to your mini tablet, can go to your computer. It's the same file all the way through. Whereas in iBooks, you really you have a file that is specific for a tablet or specific for a phone. It's, kind of, it's a little bit more cumbersome. I think that software will improve, but, it, so anyway, uh, that's what excite, what's exciting so, about the so inkling, the inkling is that. Go, you know, the inkling can go anywhere. So anywhere. to go to find out what the inventory is, would they go to inkling.com? Would they go do the, that's really go to the inkling.com, and then, and then you would find a huge amount of books that are available. Not, you know, I say huge amount of books because I, every time I look, there's something new to see and something you usually get a free chapter download, and you can kind of see what the book's about and how interactive it is. 
Okay. So here we're going to, I, I, we'll come back. We're going to take a quick break here. But there, what do you, you don't know is the inkling, it, like the pages turn. They'll, they'll turn with it's you. Like it's a just, just scrolling. So you'll see that scrolling and they'll flip that. We'll be right back. Um, Rebecca Finkel is a designer. She, she does a fabulous covers as well as the interior you're listening to off of you. It's your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked? If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. AuthorU, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for... Excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evy Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
Okay, we're talking kind of a new form a lot of authors don't know about Inkling, which is a more interactive uh, form of an ebook, and it's ideal for cookbooks, it's ideal for children's books, um, where you have that action going on, and you've got color, lots of color, and it's, and it's really, really fun for that. So how to find out about Inkling, and we're, as we're talking about it, but you can go to Inkling, I-N-K-L-I-N-G, and, and pick it up, and, and my book's there, my latest book, Snappy, Sassy, Salty, Wise Words for Authors and Writers. So um, we can check that on out. And Rebecca, anything else you want to add? Were there challenges? Yes, this. Did you have challenges when you were doing that layout? There's challenges in that the print book, you have every font, every possible icon, every possible piece of artwork available to you. With Inkling, you have a greater set of color and fonts and, and art, but not as great as the print. I mean, I think if you're going to put them together, the Kindle is, is, is the most restricted, and the Inkling is in between, and then you have the print book. So it's, it's, it's more open, and you have more color. Um, the way, you know, it's, it's a strategy, the way things are linked. You know, sometimes you're, an author's writing, and the paragraph will be something, and at the end of it will say, see also... You know, if you if you like this topic, see also the next chapter. Well, in a Google or an, or a Kindle, you can link directly to that instead of you know having the reader flip through the pages. Um, it's an option. So a lot of the the strat a lot of the difficulties or the or the challenges that I find is finding all the links and making it so the reader has the information at their fingertips. That's kind of I think the trend of where books are going is that the reader doesn't want to look for stuff. You've got to bring it to the reader. Um, reader right. a little bit more demanding. Okay, so it, so what everyone needs to know, it's another option, and you should know about it. And because it's set up on a probably more intuitive platform, if you're a DIYer, you want to do it yourself. Yes. Um, Inkling might be just the cat's meow for you. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, uh, any DIY book, a cookbook, a children's book, um, uh, a lot of not essentially almost every nonfiction book I can think of would really benefit from this. If you have... You know, if you're doing a book on vases, you can turn the vase, you can spin the vase, a three-dimensional object, so you can you can look at this in, instead of just the front view of it on an inkling. Something more of a, a fiction book is really more apt to a Kindle. There's not, not necessarily much you can do with an inkling. And with a fiction book, you might want to go to an audio book. That's definitely a, a, a resource open to you that's kind of a different type of a, a, a format. Than, uh, but a, a fiction book may not have the interactive element that Inkling really takes advantage of. So if you have any book that is an interactive type of book, you need to take a look at this. And one of the things that Rebecca and I were playing around with was even dropping in some audio clips. And you could drop in audio and video clips in this as well, could you not? Yes, you can. T that's one of the magic pieces of it is you can drop in and make it more personable so that you can have a parent reading a children's book to a child. Word for, you know, then you have the words highlight as the parent says it, so there's a learning activity in there. You can have, um, right now I have a book on Colorado. It's a, it's a, a gentleman has um, explored every bikeable road in Colorado, not I-25 and I-70. Those aren't necessarily bikeable. But essentially that once you get out into the, you have it on your iPhone, and once you get out on the trail and, and out on the road and you look ahead of you and go, oh, there's construction, or oh, there's hills, and I don't feel like hills today. You can change, interactively change your route, and it'll show you where to go, and it'll show you essentially everything about it. It's very interactive, and that's an inkling book. It's very interactive. It changes as you're going, um, tells you the, how far you're going to go, the hills you're going to climb. 
you're going to find construction, if you need to take an alternate route, um, <laughs> I can't wait for that book to take off. That's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Is what, This is a brand new software, brand new idea, still in developmental stages, trying to get things kind of off the ground. Well, you know, what's very cool is that if, if you were a leader of a group, or let's say you had a weekend event, maybe you had a, whether it's a marathon, or you had a special walk, or, or a, a ride, that if you are the leader, a lot of times they go out and they do a test to see what's going on. Or maybe you have a golf tournament. Right. That you, you could actually have some pretty things set up and, and do a quick video and saying, don't go down this path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It there's, there's, it's almost like there's so many, it's limitless, how many possibilities. Every situation, like, oh, you could do this. Or, oh, yes, you could do that. You know, for instance, if you have an older title that has been sitting on your bookshelves for a while and you feel it's, it's it's, re- it's had its day. It's, it's, it's had its day. It had a good day, and it had its day, and it, you're not quite sure what to do with it. A Kindle book for that is perfect. An Inkling book is that for perfect in that it's still, the information is still available, but you don't necessarily have to take care of it like you do a print book. It's digitally, electronically available forever. Um, you know, Giving a new cover on that kind of spruces it up. It looks like a newer book, increases more sales. I mean, even if you have a book cover that is, wonderful. You might just want to spruce it up a little bit and put it back out there and sell it as a new book and see what kind of returns you get. Mm-hmm. So, so who knows? So kind of like the uh, sky's the limit or maybe the imagination here. It's the so, imagination. Yeah. And so everyone, go over there. Go to Inkling, I-N-K-L-I-N-G.com and play around. I mean, one of the great things, this is a wonderful play around tool that you can have a good time with. So um, I would encourage you to go down that route. So, since we're on the ebook arena, Rebecca, you had you and I were talking about Smashwords earlier. Any thoughts on what's going on? I know that Mark Coker had quite an interesting, actually I rerouted it to all my Twitter followers, um, uh, a, a blog that he put uh, on the Kindle Unlimited that he initially thought, gee, this sounds pretty good. And, and he started thinking, oh, oh, wait a minute. It says that you have to be exclusive with Amazon. You do. For anybody else, you're thinking, well, maybe that's not such a good idea. So what's your thoughts? My thoughts on I, I heard Mark Coker speak, I think, at the extravaganza and was so impressed. I, I, I just love him. You know, very motivational. Not only that you have to use Smashwords, but the idea that an independent person could, could take their manuscript to a market and have their books and their thoughts available to the wider market is, is incredible. It's such a great idea. We don't need to go through these bigger publishers. You know, we can do this independently and small and by ourselves. Very, very inspirational man. He's got a number of free books out there. If you're looking at independent publishing, read those books. They're free. Uh, go to the Mark, you know, Smashwords or Mark Coker site and you will find them. They are wonderful. But my idea with Smashwords is that it is a bit uh, limited uh, in that you, you can only you um, generally when I develop a book, a lot of times I will develop it from a word file into a page layout software program, either InDesign or Quark Express, and then from there develop a PDF that or a Mobi file that can be used with Kindle or with Inkling. With Smashwords, they want you to stay at a, at a word at a word file. They don't want any of the other sophistication on top of that. So um, a lot of times, what I do is I've I've gone like six or seven steps beyond what Smashwords is capable of, and I need to kind of circle back and, and put everything back out to a Word file if they want to go to Smashwords. So I'm not 
Smashwords is a great tool for many people, but a lot of times when you want to go to a print book, it's like a divergent path. You either go to Smashwords and do it electronically, or you kind of go this way and you can do it in print. It's tough to bring those two together because it's divergent path. You know, there's not a plus or minus with that. It's just kind of how it is. Um, and, and every book is a different book and has a different marketing strategy. I, what I like to do is be involved with the marketing early so I can say, oh, have you thought of this? Or, oh, what about that? And I, heard, I was reading a paper and I read about this. And what, you know, what can I bring to the table? Maybe nothing, but maybe something. You know, there's, I've got 20 years of experience I'd like to help and bring and, and show and say we did this before and wouldn't it be great if. And so um, Mark Coker, it, also his books are, yes, the Smashwords books are available through a number of markets, and that's really wonderful. You can also um, – I just recently found this out. You can – with Smashwords, you can uh, control the price, which is really a nice thing with Amazon. It's a price. That's the price. It's what it is. It's, yeah, forget it. That's what it is. Well, Forever. the other thing with Smashwords is you can create coupons and give them away like crazy if you're trying yes. to do stuff. And, and yes. the other things that authors need to realize is that you are – pushing your book towards libraries, which is certainly a place that you want to be in both print and e-format, is that they they want um, the file. They don't want a Mobi file. They want no. the EPUB file. They do. They want the EPUB file, or they want the doc file, the, this, or the text file, very oh, yep. basic file. So there's, again, there's things you just, uh, as a graphic designer, I can't do with a Word file because it, the, the software can't handle it, that I'd need a, a more sophisticated document. So... When we start talking about those types of aspects, and, and then we move beyond the Smashwords. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to downplay Smashwords. It is the answer so many times. Um, but books are variable, and there's lots out there, and they do lots of things. And you know, there's a medium I think for everybody. And that's the good news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the really good news. Well, we're just right up on our bottom of the hour break. Um, and so what we want to do, I think when Rebecca comes back, I think let's let's just do a hop over. We've been doing A, you know, E stuff. And now let's go to a P thing. Well, actually, I think this is E too, because let's talk about covers. Because sometimes you do need a different cover for your ebook than for your print book, or you need a variation of it because of the way everything is so small in the thumbnail arena. And uh, and let's get into how to morph these these guys that are a little bit limp out there. I'm Judith Riles. This is Author You, your guide to book publishing, and we're going to be talking book covers old to make them new with Rebecca Finkel. <laughs> This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing, Judith Bryles, we will provide you with a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. 
When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Before we jump on the covers, I wanted to remind all of you that the Chicks at Sea, my partners Amy Collins and Georgia McCabe and Joan Stewart and I, have been doing a series of webinars on Wednesday night. Last night, no one wanted to get off because the questions kept coming in. So we were on for two hours with 70 authors till the very end. And the last night's topic was all about publicity. And Joan went through a variety of tips, and then we opened it up. Um, where we all got involved and people threw out what their title was, what their uh, line or two about it, and what can I do, and then we all jumped on, and so they had coaching. All of them got coaching last night. Um, the week before, I did a whole session on the cost of publishing as well as the critical timelines, and I'm going to be doing a radio show in a few weeks on timelines. Um, and just just solo, I'll be doing that. I'll be t- it'll be a part one and part two, and uh, and then the week before that, we did a whole series on blurbs, endorsements, and reviews. The great news is they're all free, and how you get to them is go to publishingatc.com. That's publishingatc.com. We've got a cruise coming up, the Publishing at Sea cruise, January eighth. The 25th um, out of the Caribbean, where we'll be in the Bahamas, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. But what's very cool is when we're on shore, you go play. But where we're, in, we're out to sea, you're going to work. And it'll be amazing what we're going to do. So join us. There's about eight cabins left, publishingatsea.com. And do take advantage of the free webinars that we've been doing. Next Wednesday is all about social media and how to find your crowd and your tribe. So with that said, Rebecca, covers are all about 
talking to the right tribe and the right crowd. So how do we fix an old one? Well, since you have essentially an old book, it's been on the market. You've seen where it, it where it should go. So, if you have a book cover that's about the uh, a, a river and it's and the, it's not the the cover is not quite what you think it should be. After reflecting on it, after seeing the book sales, you realize that probably a picture of the river of, of some kind on the cover would be great. Bigger type size on the cover, bigger a bigger title, maybe less of a subtitle. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with the subtitle and want to put everything in it. So maybe we can reduce the subtitle to from 30 words, which is enormous, to, I don't know, 10, 12, 8, something smaller. Um, so it, it's the idea that it, it's, it's run down the road and it has some experience. So why don't you, you know, take a minute and look at it and review and see, see if you can improve it on a very physical level. And then... Um, Maybe update a new river picture. Maybe update a new picture or cover colors on the cover. Um, you know, I, I think for smaller thumbnails, if you if if you really feel your book is just going to have an electronic market, I would stay away from white background covers because when they go on Amazon and you see them as a thumbnail, you don't see the edge of the book. So it's just like floating in this and everything because the page is white that the, that the thumbnail sits on, so they can't really see your book cover and the edges of it. Um, so that, I think that's my one true boy, stay away from white covers if possible, if you're going to only go to a, um, a white cover and only go to electronic. Um, there are ways around that for sure. You can outline in black. There's lots of ways around it, but just, you, you know, somehow give it a dimension to let people know the border and the whole face of the book. And a lot of them don't think about that. You know, just simply a shadowing or or something. There's a border, as you said, that lets it pop out. But still, it you know, even with I I I was doing some uh, uh, perusing through a bunch of covers the other day, and I thought I was fascinated because there were several that did have the border to show it was a book, but they still got lost in it. Um, yeah. But the, just the, you know, this like line art. They got lost very quickly. So the, the color did pop, but I, I think what's really important for authors to understand is that they've got to pay attention to their fonts um, on their, their styles for their uh, titles because sometimes if they're very uh, scripty, uh, that they don't show up well. The smaller you get in that, you know, your images, they, they, you, bold is better. Bold is better. Um, you know, tall, skinny fonts are, are an answer sometimes, but they get hard to read as well. Um, you know, long words on the cover is tricky. You know, something like unbelievable is a really long word, a lot of letters to put on a, on a book cover, and they need to get kind of small so you can fit them all across the front. Is there another word that you could use? Is there something else you could say about the cover? You know, when you have a, a large title and a large subtitle and sometimes a large sub-subtitle, Plus, maybe one or more authors. All of a sudden, your book is a lot of uh, is filled with a lot of kind of small type, which will not you know it doesn't work very well on a thumbnail scale. Um, I don't say want to. I don't say take your book down to like three words and and two word. You know, don't take it down to simply. But there's got to be a medium in there somewhere um, where less is more. You know, uh, where you can you can have bigger fields of color. I mean, if you're just, if you're going to go electronic, I'd have bigger fields of color and bigger type. You can always modify that for your print book and have it as more textured in the in the color blocks. You can have more dimension in the color blocks. You can add more of your subtitle. There's no reason why you can't have two cover, essentially two covers for your book, an electronic and a, a print. Mm -hmm. 
And and there's nothing wrong with that. I think I think sometimes it's a good idea that there's some synergy between them. I, I do too. Uh, I think you should you should make your book cover and shrink it down really small and see if it's legible at the at essentially the the thumbnail size. And if it's not, then make some decisions and go from there. So everyone, you need to get into make your a twenty five percent image. Yeah, it's small. <laughs> it's small. You Bring know, it down, and so you can get a really good feel. And then maybe you make decisions about, is it important that your author's name is read at the thumbnail size? Maybe, maybe not. Um, because when it's listed on Amazon or on, Kindle, you know, on any electronic device that you can buy these books from, the title and the author will be listed there. Is it important that they read on the cover? That's, I can't answer that question because I don't know the answer. <laughs> Yeah, but but it's something you have to um, consider. Let's right. Just say that. And then the the other thing is that just just play around and and what's going on and and you need. I think it's really important for all our listeners to understand that when you're working with book covers, you need to know what you're competing with, what what other books in Absolutely. the genre are doing with their images, with their colors, with their styles. Because that's what you're competing with, and so many don't do that. Yes, absolutely. Great advice. You, you so, have to see who the neighbors are. Yeah, yeah. see what the neighbors are doing. Yeah. you you got to keep up with the Joneses in this one. I don't know about keeping up with them. You can be different, but you got to know what they're doing. you got to be aware. That's right. I'm all for uniqueness and quirkiness. That, that always appeals to me. Um, so let's just ask, what, are there any trends going on, Rebecca? I mean, you're, you're designing all the time. When, when you're looking for ideas, is it something that just flows from you, from your imagination? Or are you out looking around and see what's going on? I'm out. I'm looking. Uh, it's a mix of different things. I'm out looking around. I, I, uh, sorry to toot my own horn, but I, I lecture at the University of Denver ten times a year, and one of the things that I do is an exercise on book covers, and I take the top twenty-five New York Times bestsellers and I put them up, and I and I talk about them. And so, every, and every time I give this lecture, I give or every time, this specific lecture, I read back, I go back through, and I download the top twenty-five um, New York Times bestsellers, and then I start looking, and then we start talking about trends. It's always one of the topics that we come up with, and right now which I mean like yesterday, today, tomorrow, because, of course, it's going to change. It seems to be irregular fonts or hand-drawn fonts. Simple titles, hand-drawn fonts is kind of the, the style right now just because it adds a little bit more, there's a little bit more movement in the cover. You know, the S has a little bit more of a shape to it, and the P has more of a shape to it, et cetera, those types. The I has a big old round dot, so it's lowercase I, so it's a little bit more shapey. I, you know, maybe next week it'll be something different. It, you know, it changes so fast. So I can't really say that there's a trend that I'm following. A lot of times when I design a cover, I, I want to talk to the author, I want to talk to the editor, I want to have an idea what the book's about. A lot of times I'll read the first chapter or a foreword, anything to kind of place me in the author's mind or in the author's mindset for the book. Um, you know, I, I just love talking to the author about the, their, their books because they have so much energy. They want to tell me everything about their book. And then I kind of boil it down um, to to more simple, you know, it's a bunch of words that I kind of then change into images, which is a trick. That's what graphic designers do. You give them words and you get back images. And so it's it's a it's the translation process. And, yeah, there can be bumps in the road on the translation process. Um you know, if I get it wrong, tell me. Let's do it again. I, I want to get it right. Um, it's not like, you know, what I say goes, but um, the more information is always better than here's a paragraph, design a cover. Uh, mm. 
<laughs> we'll go a long way before I can get where I get where I need to be with just a paragraph. Well, I would love to sit in on your workshop of taking the 25 New York Times and then lay them out and rip them apart. So I think you should do that at the extravaganza next May. It's very cool because you put them all together and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that cover doesn't work at all. But it's, a New York, it's like number 10 on the New York Times bestseller list. So, of course, it's popular. But then why? It's very, it's very interesting. Very interesting. So, so the question could be, is it uh, popular because it's, it's author-driven and people don't really care what the cover looks like? They're buying the latest fill-in-the-blank. Which, yeah, which they're buying the latest Stephen King. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything, but it would be good to decipher that. The other thing is that, so we come up to our final break today, a lot of, of uh, authors don't realize is that if you look at the titles of these New York Times bestsellers, is, is most of them are eight syllables or less. Yes, yes, they're short. Um, yeah, so there is, there's true value in shortness, and sometimes one or two words can be extraordinarily powerful. We'll be right back, Rebecca Finkel. Graphic designer, book designer, um, int intuitive for authors will be with us this session. This is Judith Riles. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. 
We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. You know, I always love hearing the, our sponsors during the hour where we have three breaks. And I was just hearing the tail end of TPSs, which is Total Printing System. If you're thinking about doing an ARC, or what's also called an advanced reader copy, pre-sales copy, you do them for reviews or for endorsements, and you may print 20, you may print 50, you may print 100, it's a very short run, um, that Total Printing Systems does a beautiful job, extraordinarily reasonable prices. I had one author who said, if my print book would look this good, I would be thrilled. So remember total printing systems for your ARCs and review copies. They're, they're excellent, just excellent. All right, so Rebecca, we're talking covers, um, the old uh, to the new. What kind of marketing strategies do you think about with covers? Well, my focus when I, bring in, when I work on a cover is pretty much the author and the publisher comes to me and, and says, this is my market. This, I, that's one of the questions I definitely ask. Who's your market? Who are you writing towards? Where are you going with this book? So that I have it clear in my mind and can design to that level, whether it be a fifth grader or an adult, um, girl or boy. I mean, there's, there's times when it's a male or a female. So I definitely will ask you your marketing strategy. What I try to do is just open up that marketing strategy just a little bit or enhance it or improve it or make it sparkle or you know, shine, really come through somehow in the cover. Covers are tricky. You know, you want to tell the whole story? Do you want to tell the best part? Do you want to tell the ending? Which, which part of that is exciting for you and, and which part of that will sell your cover? So let's say you have, you, you know, you've had your book out for, uh, I'm going to guess, I'm going to say five years. I mean, I'm good at bringing the book to market and, and giving you the book that's going to do its best, but I, I don't know what a stale book is. I don't know if it's two years. I don't know if it's five years. That's kind of a, an independent decision on the book. So let's say you have what's called a stale book, the book that cannot sell or is not selling as much as it had when it was first new. And then one idea is to recover it. And let's and it's not just you know a slip cover, a dust jacket is is simple. You read you know a new dust jacket and you, and you slip it on the book and it, and it that's how you market it. And you have a new release to it and you treat it like a new book. There's a everybody knows I think Dan Brown, the author of of several of the books the. Um, Da Vinci Code and et cetera, those books. One of his books he came out, I was so impressed because every two weeks it was a new release. Large print, small print, illuminated, Braille, Spanish, everything. Author notes, Kindle, audio, Nook, Sony. Every two weeks he had a new release on his book. He kept it new for over seven months, eight months. I was, I was just impressed because it's a really creative marketing to keep your book new for, for that long. Anyway, I don't know if we have those resources that Dan Brown does, but we can still make the book. When you recover it, it's now a new book, or people will perceive it as a new book, even if the well, idea 
Yeah, and it's it's important too with those new books. And and all and authors need to understand when you had take an old book and just let's say you go in and you goose it up a little bit with some updated information. When you change thirty percent of your book on the interior, that is considered a new book. And you a new want, edition or a new book? It, it, it could be it could be considered a new edition or and or a new book. But that you have the capability of from reentering book contest, getting new ISBNs, all that kind of thing. So, so you can re- put life back in. But let's say you have yeah. a, a stale book. I want to call them a stale book instead of an old book. But let's call them a stale book. And you have 500 copies sitting on sitting somewhere that you want to um, sell. Well, possibly. Possible. I just want to throw this out there. A possible idea is to um, take off the old soft cover jacket and it can be done it needs to be cut off and print a new one on top of it and and put a new one in its place not on top of but in its place and then it becomes not necessarily a new book but you can start to revive it you can start to bring it new life breathe new life into it you can release it again um in some of the channels there are things that you can do to to revive give it more life and this also it's interesting and and i've heard this for a number of of people People in the, in the uh, industry, printers, etc., academics, that when you the electronic book, an electronic version of your book. I'm sorry to bring this around to the first of the hour, but an electronic book mm-hmm. will breathe life into your print book. It makes doesn't make a lot of sense logically if you think about it. I can't break it down, but a reprinting of a print book or a recovering of your print book will spur electronic copies. And if you if the book has been stale on the shelf and you all of a sudden put out an electronic copy, a Kindle version, or wow, Smashwords, or whatever medium you, you pick, that will then in, that will then kick back and, and increase print sales. I don't know why these are things that I cannot explain, but it works. You, you, it's actually proven. You can see these things happening that sales increase when you go into a different market. So explore these different markets. Maybe an audio book is where you need to go. Um, you know, for a children's book or something like that. Maybe it's an audio book that you can release. Um, and there's a number of people at Author U that, that, have, that can help you with an audio book. So, yeah, exactly. So whether it's audio, whether it's E, whether it's print, whether it's who knows what's going to come down the line, but you're able to do that. And that it, it, what it does is it gives your reader lots of options, and it also gives you options as a publisher that you have multiple products available and you can bundle them, meaning you can do packaging where you have special discounts when they buy them all together. So, you know, that's that's a great way, especially if you're doing any speaking and moving out there, um, that you can tie in that way. So I, I, I totally, totally recommend you do that. The other thing is that one of the, the good things and that they don't aggressively advertise it, which I'm really surprised, but last Halloween, last fall, um, Amazon came out with the Matchbook program, which was a bundle of your print book and the ebook. And you could sell the ebook, well, you could give it away for free if they bought the print book, or $0.99, cents, $1.99, $2.99. And they could, that way they could get the ebook really for a lesser amount of money. And all our listeners need to understand that ebooks are not purchased, although they always use that word. Ebooks are really leased. And correct, correct. You know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and any of the the, the providers of those platforms 
can get a wild, you know, a, a wild feather and decide, you know what, we're not going to let that book be available anymore, and they can yank it, and all of a sudden it will be extracted from your e-reader, which was quite a shock last year when they, you know, they called it, uh, you know, Kobo-gate, because Kobo started it. But when you had all the erotica books yes. that were created by self-published authors yanked one early morning. Yes, it did. <laughs> Although there is a flip side to this as well. Let's say you have a book about, uh, um, I don't know, um, something that would go out of date, um, a tax book. Let's say you have a tax, an IRS tax book from 2012. And that's what you bought a print version of. Well, then now it's 2014, and you need to have a current book on that. You need to actually go out and rebuy that book if you want to have some of the current numbers. Maybe the publisher has done something nice and kind of done a summary and have some of the new numbers and maybe maybe a website, but maybe not. Maybe you need to go buy the new t- the new book because it has the new forms and the new numbers in it. With an ebook, you can continually reload updates, and then whatever time every time the breeder goes and, and gets to the IRS book again, it gets the current book and it downloads it with the 2014 numbers, and next year it's the 2015 numbers. So it's always updating. It's invisible to the reader when the book gets updated. So let's say you have an address wrong or a name wrong or a phone number wrong or something, a, 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 a checkable fact in your book incorrect. As an e-book, you just upload a new file. Next time it comes down, it's correct. It's not... It's impossible for them to access the old copy. They only get the new copy. Which is, so which, which is a real plus to have that. A, I was going to say, there's pluses and minuses to this least thing. And I just want to throw out a plus with the minus. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, so we've got like two minutes left. So how, how do authors, what's some of the things that they need to know about working with a designer? From, Does, from words to egos to anything else. Everybody has an ego, and everybody does, authors as well as designers. The best thing you can do is communicate. The designer is going to want to, when I start designing a cover, I'll design two or three covers, maybe four, and I'll send them out. And I don't think either any of these are the answer, but what I'm doing is I'm looking for boundaries. I'm looking for a way to communicate. Oh, you like this, but you don't like that, but you like this? Okay, let's talk about it. And then we continue, continue to revise the idea until I get where, I get where you're going. And you know so much about this book, and I'm having to play catch-up for however long it's taking you to write it, six months, seven years, I'm playing catch-up. So I need to catch up really fast to where you are, and the best thing I can do that is I start looking for boundaries. I start looking for, oh, you don't want this, but you want this, and you like this color and this font and this idea, and how can we do this? Really, it's communication. Um, everybody's got an ego involved. I want the best book possible. That's what makes me happy. Um, a lot of times my ideas are, are don't mesh with yours. And so we work together and we figure it out. So when someone's, when someone's considering working with a, a designer like yourself, do, do you throw out a couple of these, seeing if there's any component that hooks it in, and then you go forward? Or is there, um, if they say, do they need to pay something to do a sampling of this sort? Or? A lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll try to have a conversation with the author and say, have you thought about this or what do you think of this? And really just free associate ideas, the first thing that comes to my head. So I know, I know essentially the yeses and the noes. I know where I'm going. But really if I put down a cover, if I start working on a cover, I'm expecting to get paid for that cover. It's not uh, spec work. Although designing a couple ideas for a front cover is nowhere near the price of paying for the full color, front, back, spine. Not that the full color is just ridiculously expensive, but... 
ideas are quick. I mean, they don't have to be really refined. I can be using stock photography. I can be using mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And you can see the potential of it, but it's not refined. You know, from those ideas and those initial sketches, we can continue working until it is a refined idea. But really, designers don't like to work for free, unfortunately. All right. and, and that we're going to have to close off. Okay. And, and who really does want to work for free? <laughs> I mean, it's you, a drag. It, it's a drag. Okay. So <laughs> this is Judith Browse. My guest has been Rebecca Finkel with F&P Design. And you can get a hold of Rebecca at ftgd.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Rebecca. All right. Bye-bye. Part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week.